scripture reading this evening is Mark chapter 5, verses 25 through 27. Mark chapter 5, verses 25 through 27. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for twelve years, and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had, and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. Thank you, Cameron, for reading our scripture, and we're glad that you're here. We're thin in number tonight. It is Sunday, isn't it? Sunday night? It may be that some folks didn't get the message, but we are meeting, and we're glad that you're here. We're going to be looking at Mark chapter 5, and specifically, we want to look at verses 25 through 34. We appreciate your presence. If you're visiting, we want you to know that we appreciate so much you coming to be with us tonight. We're thankful for your presence and we trust that you'll want to come back and be with us again. Tonight we want to look at an, at an interesting an account of a lady that had a terrible disease or malady and we're going to be talking, talking about the one that she looked to for help. Before we begin, I do want to make mention of the fact that as has been announced, we have a number of folks that have been battling illness and disease and difficult situations, and I know Brother Yader's here tonight, and he wasn't able to be here this morning, but we're grateful that he's able to be with us tonight. And I talked to him on Friday, and Brother Yader was talking about the cancer that he has and the fact that He's going to put up a fight and do whatever he can, and I appreciate his spirit, and I appreciate his desire to fight aggressively this malignancy. And I told him, the human will is an amazing thing. And I said something to him about a friend of Yvette that was diagnosed with brain cancer some five years ago, and they gave her like six months to live, and she lived five years, and so you just never know. You put up a good fight, and with, as Jared said, the medical technology that's available today, we pray and trust that Brother Yader will be around for a long time, and so we love and appreciate him. Tonight we want to look at Mark chapter 5, and we're going to be talking tonight about the theme, Desperate Times Call for Desperate Measures. Have you ever found yourself in a state of desperation. There are some people that have found themselves in dire circumstances. Dire circumstances will ultimately lead to people taking desperate measures. Many, many years ago in this country, there was a terrible stock market crash and many, many people lost their assets, everything that they had. And some, because of those difficulties, took their physical lives. Life can be tough. And there are occasions when we get a curveball thrown to us. And maybe we don't know how to react. It might be the case that when we face those very difficult, dark days in life, 
that we look for desperate measures. In other words, we're looking for something to ease our pain, to ease our circumstances. So tonight I want to introduce you to a lady who is not referred to in the scriptures by personal name. I have no idea who this lady was. I don't know very much about her at all. But I do know that this lady had been sick for a long time. And because of her sickness and because of her desperation, she looked to the one that had the ability to help her. I want to begin by talking about her disease. Note, if you would, what is said in verses 25 and 26. In verse 25, we are introduced to this lady that was diseased, and we find out the span of her sickness. In other words, how long she had been battling this health issue. The Bible says a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. For 12 long years, this lady had been battling some type of blood disorder. I don't know what kind of blood disorder it was. Some type of anemia, a leukemia, a melanoma. The text doesn't say. All we know is that she had a problem with her blood. And for 12 long years, she battled this thing. You ever known somebody that has gone through a protracted illness? If you'll observe somebody that has been sick, diseased for a lengthy period of time, one of the things that will stand out is the fact that human sickness and disease can, over the long haul, take a toll on a person. This lady had no doubt been plagued for many, many years, as Mark tells us, 12 long years. You know, you think about life. I remember years ago, I used to work with a fella, and he said, sometimes people talk about how, how fast life gets away. And he said, that's true. And sometimes people will say, you know, I want to work someplace that I enjoy because of the brevity of life. I only have a few years. He said, well, the flip side of that is life can be long. And he said, if you have a job that you hate and you're doing that job day in and day out over the long period of time, it becomes grueling. So this lady, for 12 long years, battled disease. I used to visit a lady in Collierville that had a number of health problems, and sometimes her response when we would walk in the door would be, don't even ask how I feel. This lady never got better. So then, add to the span of her sickness the seriousness of her sickness. In verse 26, Mark said that she had suffered many things from many physicians. I think about her desperation. When you get desperate enough, you'll try anything, won't you? 
Here was a lady that had been to this doctor and that doctor or to this physician and that physician. She was seeking what? A cure. If you had a cancer and you found out that there was somebody halfway around the world that could potentially help you with that malady, what would you do? Tell you what I'd do. I'd be on a plane. And I'd be headed halfway around the world because I would be trying to find a cure for that cancer. So this lady has been to multiple physicians. She's been looking for a cure. She's been looking for somebody to help her in her, in her desperation. You ever thought about how sometimes when people are desperate, they'll try any and everything? I think about people that are spiritually sick. And out of desperation, they'll be looking for that remedy that will somehow bring them happiness or contentment or satisfaction in life. They're miserable. They're guilty. They're unhappy. And so they try philosophy. They try this help book and that help book. They read what self-help authors have to say. They try meditation. Some sadly resort to drugs and alcohol. Some look to sex. They're willing to try any and everything. And many times they overlook the one that can really help them. And that's Jesus, the great physician. So we read about her desperation and then note, if you would, her deterioration. The Bible says that she had spent all that she had. Here was a lady that had spent her financial resources looking for help. They tell me that many bankruptcies that occur in our country today are a result of medical cost. Sometimes people have debilitating illnesses or disease, diseases and it literally wipes them out. This lady has spent everything she has and note what Mark said. She's been to many physicians, she spent everything she had and was no better. Boy, that'll get you on it. The Bible says not only was she no better, but rather grew worse. You talk about discouraging. Something that is hard to deal with. May I just offer a personal experience for a minute? As many of you know, about 10 months ago, I got shingles. I'd heard a lot about shingles, but really wasn't that familiar with shingles. And sadly, in my mind, I thought that people who got shingles were much older than me. How wrong I was. When I was in the hospital, my nurse, who had just gotten out of nursing school, said that she had shingles when she was in high school. And so, shingles is no respecter of age. But I say that to simply point out 
that when I first got shingles, I didn't know what I was dealing with. I thought I had, had an eye infection. And that eye infection grew worse and worse. So I go to an ophthalmologist and he identifies what's wrong. He said, you've got shingles that began in your cornea. It's migrated to your face. So we've got to put you in the hospital and start you on an IV. And I'm very grateful for medical technology and for what they've been able to do. Over the course of about two months, I texted with Billy probably twice a day. And over the course of two months, and I'm not saying that that's a long time, but when, when you've been used to doing what you want to do when you, when you want to do it, and all of a sudden you can't do anything, two months is a long time. And I would talk to Brother Billy and I'd say, you know, I, I really believe next week I'm going to be able to preach. Next week would roll around, guess what? Still can't preach. Still can't see. Over time, you start to get discouraged. I don't mind telling you, I got discouraged. I can't imagine somebody that has been battling a disease or an illness for 12 long years. Now, I've been battling this thing for 10, for 10 months. I was at the doctor's office not long ago and I was asking, asking about my forehead. Still have no feeling in my forehead. And he said, well, if it's not, if your feeling's not back in five years, it's never going to come back. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate that. Still have problems with my vision. Still have pain. I'm really not sure if my eye's ever going to be 100%. As a matter of fact, I really don't think it will be, much as I'd like to say it will be. But I simply say all of this to say in some small way, I can identify with people that are hurting and suffering. In no way would I compare what I have to what this lady was enduring during the course of her lifetime. I wouldn't compare it to some of the difficulties others have had. But I know what it means to suffer. And I know what a discouragement it can be over the course of time. So this lady was desperate because her physical condition had deteriorated so much. So I want you to think with me in the second place about her determination. In verse 27, we have insight into the determination of this sick lady. I want to begin by talking about her thoughts. In verse 27, Mark said, when she heard about Jesus, I think that's a very important point. When she heard about Jesus, what have you heard about Jesus? Everything that basically I want to know about Jesus, I can read in Scripture. 
There are a lot of things that I have heard about Jesus through the scriptures. And I am more and more amazed at his life. I think about his majesty. The fact that the second member of the Godhead would grace planet earth with his physical presence. As Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, that though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor. Paul said that he emptied himself and that he took upon himself human flesh, being made in the likeness of men. And being made in the likeness of men, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, yes, even the death of the cross. John said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him nothing was made that was made. So here is Jesus, the second member of the Godhead, the one who spoke the world into existence. And John said in verse 14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The Hebrew writer said in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9, that Jesus was made a little lower than the angels, crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God might taste death for every man in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9. You think this lady had heard something about the majesty of Jesus? What about the great message of Jesus? Mark says in chapter 12, verse 37, that the common people heard him gladly. No doubt there were lots of people that wanted to hear what Jesus had to say. Peter himself said, Lord, you have the words of life eternal. John records in chapter 7, verse 46, that no one ever spoke like this man. Now, if you look at Mark chapter 5, verse 27, the text says, when she heard about Jesus. There are a lot of people in our world today, they're looking for answers to what's going on in their lives. And let me tell you who the answer is. It's Jesus, the Son of God. You think this lady had heard about his miracles? I think she had to have been acquainted to some extent, with his majesty, with his message, and yes, with his miracles. Now you ask the question, how do you know that? Well, listen to what is said. In verse 27, when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. How in the world, how in the world did she know that? She had to have known something about him. She had to realize that she was in the presence of somebody who was very special, unlike other human beings. Let me tell you who she was in the presence of, the Word who became flesh, the Son of God, Jesus. As Matthew records, Emmanuel, which means God with us. So, First we have her thoughts and then her touch. Look again at verse 28. 
If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. What about the conviction of this woman? Doesn't her faith in Jesus say something to us today? Does to me. When I think about the conviction of this woman that had heard about Jesus, and the Bible says faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. She's heard something about Jesus, and she realizes that if she could but touch his garment, she would be made well. I mentioned a moment ago that Jesus is the answer. I'm convinced that Jesus can help us no matter how difficult things may be in life, how distraught we may be, how upset we might feel. There are some people in our world today, they are on an emotional roller coaster. They're up one day and down the next. Life is good one week, terrible the next. Jesus is the answer. Listen to the words of the psalmist, Psalm 55, verse 22. David said, cast your burden on the Lord. And do you know what David said? And he will sustain you. Can you look to God for help? Sometimes we talk about being in desperate situations. And I said a moment ago, desperate times call for desperate measures. When you find yourself in a desperate situation, there's only one person to look to. Who is that one person? Jesus, the Son of God. To look to the Lord, the great physician. And then thirdly, note if you would, her deliverance. Again in verse 28, the Bible says, this lady said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. I want you to think for a minute about the tenacity of this woman. Now, if you look at verse 30, Mark said, And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? There are two things here that I think we ought to see. Number one, Obviously, there is a great crowd of people around. This lady did not allow the crowd, a lot of people, to keep her from getting to Jesus. What would keep you from Jesus? There are some people in our world today, they know Jesus is the answer. They know that he has the answer to all of their problems, particularly their sin problems. But sometimes they'll let the crowd... That is, their friends to keep them or to hold them back. Sometimes we allow our family members. Many years ago, I had a friend of mine that studied with a lady. At the conclusion of the study, and it was a series of studies, and I have no doubt this lady knew the truth inside out. As a matter of fact, she was very regular in her attendance to the services of the church. When they came to the conclusion of the studies, when it was time to decide, okay, I'm either going to obey the gospel or I'm going to say no, she said no. 
And she said that she had made a deathbed promise to her mother that she would never go in the church of Christ. My response was, you know what? If your mama could talk to you today, she'd say, you need to get in the church. You need to be a New Testament Christian. Sometimes we allow the crowd, sometimes we allow things to come between us and Jesus. Those things can serve as a barrier. And there are a lot of people that let something come between them and the Savior. In Luke chapter 14, Jesus talked about those that would love family members more than him. Some love self more than the Lord. And he said, if that's the case, you cannot be my disciple. Again, I think about the transparency of the Lord. But there's a second thing I want you to see. And that is when this lady touched the Lord Jesus Christ, as God in the flesh, he was fully aware of what had happened. Listen again to what he said. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that power had gone out of him. What does that say to me? It says that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, knows everything. Is that not an earmark of deity, that he is omniscient, that he knows all? You remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10? He said, the very hairs of your head are numbered. Now, if the Lord Jesus can make that statement, that God knows the very hairs of your head, does it not stand to reason that he knows you inside out? You ever had an acquaintance, maybe a co-worker, a friend, a classmate or some, someone like that? And they're very knowledgeable about a certain subject. And sometimes you say, you know what, he or she knows that like they know the back of their hand. What they're saying is, they know that subject through and through. Well, Jesus knows you through and through. He knows you top to bottom, inside out. There's nothing that he doesn't know about you. He knows your heart. He knows all things. As a matter of fact, Jesus said in Revelation chapter 2 and about verse 22 that he searches the reins and hearts. The Lord knows you. So wherever you are in life, what I take away from this is the Lord knows. The Lord knew that this lady had approached him. So you have the crowd, but note if you would, the cure. Again, the text says that Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? Of course, the disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me again? this great crowd of people. Down in verse 34, Jesus talks about how this lady had been made well, and we'll talk more about that in a moment. But she, didn't leave, she didn't allow the crowd to prevent her from seeking the one who could cure her. Note, if you would, the truthfulness of this woman. In verse 33, Mark speaks of her fears and then her forthrightness. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him. 
and told him the whole truth. Now Jesus knew. He knew who it was and he knew what had happened. But this lady was very candid. She was honest. And I would add to her fears and her forthrightness her faith. You talk about somebody that had faith. Again, to think about what Mark said back in verse 27, when she heard about Jesus. And you remember we said in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So this lady put her faith in action. As a result of this, there was a great transformation. Look at verse 34. Here's what Jesus said to her. First of all, she was praised by the Lord. He said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Why did Jesus praise her? Because of her faith. How strong is your faith? When you read the New Testament, you read about varying levels of faith, don't you? As a matter of fact, you even read where the statement is made to the Lord on one occasion, increase our faith. And yet here the Bible says that this lady had faith and was praised by the Lord. There are a lot of things that you may possess in this life, physically, materially. There are a lot of things that you might deem extremely valuable. Let me tell you what's most valuable. It's your faith. And your faith ought to be such that nobody, and I mean nobody, can take it from you. This lady had tremendous faith. As a result of that, the Bible says that she enjoyed peace from the Lord. Jesus said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Twelve long years. This lady has battled a blood disease. She's been to countless physicians. She spent everything she had. And as Mark said, rather than getting better, she grew worse. But she came in contact with the great physician. The one who had the ability to make her well. There are people in our world today that physically speaking, they are a perfect specimen. I mean, they have it all physically. They're physically well. They're mentally well. They are emotionally sound. Spiritually, it's altogether a different ballgame. I wish people could understand that what's most important in life is our faith. Is living for God, putting Him first. This is really an amazing account of a lady that was facing some desperate times. As I said a moment ago, desperate times call for desperate measures. Now I want to ask you a question. Where are you in your life? Are you a person of faith? Maybe you've never obeyed the gospel. Let's just say that you're here tonight and you've never made the decision to become a New Testament Christian. 
And you've tried everything. You thought you could find happiness in school. You thought maybe you could find happiness on the job. You thought maybe if you got this promotion, that's what would make it for you. You thought if you had X number of dollars in the bank that that would lead to contentment and satisfaction. And you're still searching. It might be that you're medicating your life right now with prescription drugs, alcohol, other types of substances. You're still, you're still searching, still looking. You're desperate. Let me tell you what, I've got the answer. The answer is Jesus. He is the only answer. And there are a lot of folks in this community and in our world today, they need to come to understand that. The Lord Jesus can make you free. The Bible says that you can know the truth and the truth will make you free, John 8, 32. And Jesus said, if the Son makes you free, you're free indeed. You can't be free if the devil's running your life. But if you're living for Jesus, you can live a free life. Freedom in Christ, freedom from sin. Freedom from the separation of sin. Freedom from the condemnation of sin. What would you need to do? Put your faith and trust in Jesus. The Bible says faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. Do you believe Jesus is the son of God? Would you be willing to repent of your sins like they did on Pentecost Day? Confess the name of Christ before others? Be immersed in water so that all your sins can be washed away. If you'll do that, the Bible says that you can enjoy the cleansing power of the blood of Christ, Acts 22, verse 16. And God will put you in a divine institution that's called the church. And you have to be in the church to be saved because the Bible says in Ephesians 5, 23 that Jesus is the Savior of the body. Now maybe you're here and you've lost your way as a Christian. You know what happens? Sometimes people in the church become wayward. They fall out of love with the Lord. They fall out of favor with the Lord. And they're gone. I want you to know that there is a way back. There's a road home. You just have to understand that Jesus is the way back. The Bible says that if we'll confess our faults one to another and pray one for another, that God will abundantly pardon our sins. Could I encourage you to come to Christ tonight? John said, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Won't you come as we stand and sing?